1: Welcome to another episode of the brown and black podcast my name is Jack Rico and I'm Mike Sargent and every week we take a look at race and pop culture through a brown and black let well Mike we've been talking about doing this episode on relevance for quite some time and I think that This conversation is extremely important. I would say, I would call it essential. I believe that this episode in particular is going to be useful for those that work in the media and entertainment industries. Or live like in a city like New York, okay? Where a lot of people who live in urban areas might have felt the pressure to constantly stay relevant. So in today's episode of Brown and Black, we're going to discuss the reasons why we become obsessed with chasing relevance and what are the consequences if we stop chasing it.
0: Elephant, 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 elephant. What can he do to be relevant, 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 relevant? Elephant, 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 elephant. elephant. What can he do to be relevant, relevant, relevant?
2: Well, Jack, I am glad that we're doing this episode because relevance is something that we all want on some level or another, but it's not something that we really look at what we want. We've we don't watched, even think about it. We don't even think about it. We've watched a society that has become all about relevance. One of the things you've heard probably I've mentioned here on the show is how social media has revealed a need within us for validation, for relevance, like a deep need, almost an obsession. And mm-hmm. at a certain point, there's a mental, emotional, Spiritual cost to trying to stay relevant, yet it's intrinsic to who we are as human beings.
1: So, why don't we begin with the following question, Mike? What the heck is relevance and why do we chase it?
2: Now, I think everybody has a personal uh, definition of relevance. If, as you, you mentioned, Google, if you put in the question, what does relevance mean? And this is what Google says Google says when something is relevant, it matters. Its relevance is simply the noun form of the adjective relevant, which means important to the matter at hand. And then it goes on to say artists and politicians are always worried about their relevance. So, yeah, I think to me as an artist, I think relevance is probably one of the most important components of being an artist, whether an artist will admit it or not.
1: In the last episode, you and I did... An episode on your film from the shadows tell me about the relevance of promoting that of letting people know about that that you directed it that you wrote it does it matter whether anybody knows that you did something or are you some wise guru some spiritual entity that's like jack i just need internal validation It all comes and emanates from me. If somebody says something, fine. I don't give two shits whether that person liked it or not because all that matters is that I think it's relevant. How do you treat your projects? How do you treat your radio show? How do you treat your podcast? How do you treat anything that Mike Sargent does? Do you feel that people need to know about it?
2: here's how i'll answer that question because it's not a linear or a flat question it's a question with some depth and and volume so here's what i mean me you said do people what i would say is okay but i have to define who the people are so you ask what do i think of a film i've made a podcast i've done let's just call it anything i've created any piece of art so of course i want the art i create to matter if i create a, a podcast or a a film, I want people to know about the podcast or the film. I want the the piece of art itself to matter, to have some significance, to have some relevance. Because, hey, did you hear Brown and Black? They were talking about this great topic. They they blew that crap apart. Or this film from the shadows, it scared the shit out of me. Oh, I never thought about this, that, and the other thing. But at the same time, the relevance to have access to the resources like who's going to give me the money to make my next film who's going to sponsor the podcast those people i need to be relevant to those people as well i have to be relevant both to the consumer to the end user to the viewer to the listener i have to be relevant or or i don't get to do it again but i also have to be relevant to the people or the resources that I need access to, to be able to create that art. So that's why I say it has volume. It's, it's not just relevant to, you know, to the public. I also need to be relevant to producers who are gonna hire me to make this next film. So, okay.
1: so so let me ask you this then. Are you the guy that likes to be relevant?
2: Well, I think that that's kind of an unfair question because I think everybody wants to be relevant. Everybody wants to be relevant in their own way. You might want to be relevant In your own social circle, the question really is just how relevant do you feel you need to be?
1: Well, with that said, Mike, you should listen to this actress, a Latina actress by the name of Francia Raisa, who works in How I Met Your Father and is also known as Selena Gomez's best friend, the one who gave her her kidney. Look what she says about how relevance can be absolutely exhausting for actors like her.
0: It is expensive to be in this business. Publicists, how much they cost? Stylists, hair, makeup, making it look like you live a rich life. It is all so exhausting, but especially with social media, you're trying to stay relevant. You need to be up on fashion. You need to be on up on makeup. You need to come out with a new hairstyle that makes you stand out so you can be relevant. And then maybe, hopefully, someone will cast you because people want to watch you.
2: Well that speaks to what I was saying before Jack the the cost of trying to stay relevant. I mentioned emotional, I mentioned physical, spiritual, but there's a literally like a cost which comes back to something that has happened a lot in the brown and black community where you buy the the Gucci bag mm-hmm. or you buy the gold chain or the the fancy car, or you go into debt to to get the best shoes or whatever it is that you really can't afford. Why?
1: Right. Look
2: to seem relevant, right? To seem- the,
1: the, this relevant word has been driving me fucking crazy for years. I would say like the last ten years, and it's if it's not me, then it's like a friend who's freaking out that they're becoming irrelevant, that they're might be seen as outdated, that they're not up on what's going on with the trends, and and in that sense, the industries are asking, hey, if you're a musician what's the new sound? Because I've been hearing this sound from the last three albums, and honestly, I'm not going to buy your album anymore because that other dude has something new and cool, which then says that society seems to demand that artists, actors, journalists, they need to constantly bring up something novel, something fresh, something never seen before, And it's like a social currency. For example, restaurants. If there's a brand new restaurant from a hot new chef, like Tatiana at Lincoln Center, everybody wants to be there, but why? It's just food. Go on a Tuesday afternoon at 11 a.m. No, 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 I can't. Because the celebrities might not be there. Or the CEO might not be there. Or Anna Wintour might not be there. If she sees me, I might get a job. Or I can take a photo and say, look where I was. Am I not important, Joey? Look at me. And so when I look at relevance like that, it seems like all your sense of confidence and self-esteem is attached to someone bestowing upon you a sense of value. What I really wanted to ask you more than anything, Mike, is what is the return on investment of killing yourself to try and stay relevant?
2: I think at a certain point in life, you realize everything in life is based on ROI. What kind of return are you getting on the investment of time, effort, money, energy, energy, mental power, you know, if you stay up late, and you're posting and you're adjusting your pictures and you're cropping it correctly and you're editing your video. But what is the return? Is it money? Is it followers? What are you actually seeking? We're chasing relevance, but at the same time, we're also giving relevance to things like, and for an artist, like we were talking about, you know, the return can be fantastic. If you're Beyonce and you continue to be relevant, your tickets are going to sell out. You're going to influence essentially the economy of a small country by putting on a concert. But at the same time, if you're someone who's chasing it and and it's elusive, now what? But there's tons of stories about people who are doing something for likes and they have a tragic ending.
1: I want to know your take on this because for a long time, I've been seeing Jennifer Lopez essentially work for relevance every single minute of every single day her whole entity is about relevance staying new staying fresh to the new generation but how much also is it her that might be like I can't let go I never want to be irrelevant Jennifer Lopez doesn't need to be relevant every minute of every day Her contributions to the music and entertainment industry are so vast for decades. At what point do you get the point across that you are going to be relevant forever? Or is it that culture won't allow relevance or contributions to last? I mean, is there a fucking shelf life, Mike? Like, oh, you know, well, two months, he, he, and, and, and then now Jennifer Lopez is irrelevant, and, and we have erased her contributions from the industry forever.
2: Well, I believe there is a shelf life to to relevance, and, and I call it the the arc of relevance, where, where you're relevant, and then you lose that relevance, okay, versus the idea of becoming relevant many years later. But there are always exceptions to the rule. You ask that question. Jennifer Lopez shouldn't have to consistently chase no. relevance, but... There are people, there are examples, and, I'm, and when I name her, you're going to go, oh, yeah, well, yeah, she maintains relevance in that if she appears anywhere, it's relevant. And she can appear with the most relevant person of the moment, and it's still relevant, Diana Ross. Right. Diana Ross has remained relevant. You can't mention Diana Ross. You can't have her show up somewhere, and it doesn't get covered. Beyonce's the biggest thing in the world. She shows up at Beyonce's concert... This photos. Everywhere. Okay, now now everything. now
1: that you're saying Beyonce, now let's look at Beyonce and Jennifer Lopez for one second. Okay, sure. I feel that Beyonce doesn't have to do everything that Jennifer Lopez is doing in order to stay relevant. No. What I'm just seeing on the surface, how many interviews does Jennifer Lopez do, and how many interviews does Beyonce do? And it almost feels like she's like, listen, I'm gonna select maybe three, four times a year. I'm gonna drop something. I'm not even gonna announce it or tell you. And it's gonna be the most relevant thing on the planet. While other people have to try so hard. I think Jennifer Lopez is now doing like a tequila or an alcohol brand when she doesn't even drink.
0: I have been grinding nonstop for decades and more and more. I realized the importance of enjoying life. I just wanted to create something better, better tasting, better ingredients, something I want to drink with my friends and family, and that is Delola.
1: This is what I'm talking about, the cost and the consequences. What happens if Jennifer Lopez decided to just unplug and says, yo, I'm burnt out. I I, I got nothing else to give. Like, I want to just hang out with my husband, Ben, and my new family here, five kids, and just chill, man, just chill. Like, if, if you don't consider me relevant, that's fine. I'll come up with something new in a year, and I'll drop another album, and she'll be relevant again.
2: I think the answer to that is it comes down to the individual, and I think there are different vectors. For instance, one of the shows we've done has been about multi-hyphenate. Not that Beyonce hasn't acted as well, but Beyonce isn't like jennifer lopez doing this and then doing that and then got a movie and doing this and that and i got married beyonce is putting out music she's putting out concept albums she's doing concerts that that are mind-blowing that are that these tours and so she's focusing on one aspect of her art Mm. and focusing on that and pushing that and now coming back to relevance personality there are a few artists who can be relevant super relevant and fade away like you said and they don't care and then they come madonna. back well madonna i was going to go with some and madonna has evolved constantly i was going to go with somebody else who just comes back and they're like oh wow Charday, Charday!" like you don't hear for Charday for like 10 years and all of a sudden she's back wow wait did you hear the like shardé so so i think Why is this person consistently chasing this relevancy? Is it because they're multi-hyphenate or is it because they're addicted in a different way?
1: So now that you're saying that, why don't we listen to this soundbite from Ariana DeBose and Rachel Ziegler during the West Side Story press tour that they were doing? I had a chance to talk to them about awards. But I asked her before the announcement, before the Oscar announcement, what she thought, what she and Rachel thought about awards and chasing them here's what they said but do awards say anything do they symbolize anything for you guys
0: you know what or I'm, gonna, not? I'm gonna start this one and here's sure. why so these awards and, they're anointing for folks who are not steeped in what we do right the general public watches what ha- happens with these awards so and it's interesting because these delegations have they hold a lot of power in public percep- perception perception So what these delegations decide to honor, it's very telling, right? Because you're defining a gold standard. Mm -hmm. And that's why I pay attention to it. I've always paid attention to it. And there's a reason why so many of us feel like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. This is a step in the right direction because we can finally see ourselves in a film, right? Mm -hmm. Latinos are not traditionally included in the conversation let alone the awards conversation so you know what it is really great to even hear whispers of that for a community that is not typically included you know what I mean and on another note for me as as and David because we're triple threats this is what we do we're trained dancers and singers and I'm and actors it's very rare that you see someone with our actual skill set who has the training and these backgrounds allowed to play these parts and to be considered for any of these accolades you know to traditionally musicals go for stunt casting and they cast folks who don't have these skill sets and so this is a nice departure to number one that someone like steven spielberg would even honor The source material, this is derived from a Broadway show. He went and found talent from the Broadway community, gave us agency and the honor of being a part of telling this story. I'm absolutely thrilled to know that anybody is looking at this film and taking it seriously because it's done in such an honorable way, with integrity, in my opinion, in all facets. So yes, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled for anyone who is connected with this film, who is even has the potential to be recognized for their work. Because when Andrew. one of us wins, we all win. <laughs> Rachel,
1: would you like to add anything?
0: You know, I think all I can add is that for me at least, being someone who has never acted before professionally and getting to do this on screen, that's the reward in and of itself. Um, it's very lovely to have these conversations, for sure. It, it would be an honor to be recognized in such a way. Um, but we made something that we're very proud of and something that hopefully will be seen and and um, praised and loved to the point of more content like that being created.
2: At the end of the day, Jack, awards are a measure of relevance. An, a measure of relevance in a specific industry. If we win a Webby, that means that we are now considered by the industry to be relevant. If I win an award by the quote-unquote Academy, an Academy Award, well, the Academy has decided I am relevant and my work is relevant. And this film I made, if I'm a director, that's relevant. So now I can actually go out there to this industry and get paid more money. Or get my next film done or get a better role because i am so relevant. more
1: opportunities
2: exact more access to resources because of your relevance
1: when you really just summarize the whole thing write it to its root relevance is tied to survival look at the person who's feeling irrelevant at, at some moment How many actors have freaked out because they weren't at that party and they didn't see that director? The director doesn't see me. Does he know I even exist? And if I don't exist, then I'm not getting a job. And everybody's competing to try and get into his face. and, And they're becoming relevant. And I've always felt that that sense of desperation to be at a party when you don't want to. And to be in somebody's face that you don't really know that much. I feel... It's tied to a sense that if you don't do that, that you won't work. You lose your home. You won't be able to pay for your health insurance. You will essentially become irrelevant.
2: I don't know how else to say it. Yeah, well, that's 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 absolutely right? true. And I so mean, what does look, irrelevant mean to you? Irrelevant means that no one cares. You got a new movie out, no one cares.
1: But what's wrong with that, though, man? Like, isn't isn't the movie in itself the whole reason you make it? I've always heard these artists always say that they don't need people's judgment on their art. Artists, painters. Listen to me. Anybody that tells you that's full of shit, they're full of shit. They're full of
2: shit because here's the deal. An artist does what they do because they're compelled to do it, but they do need a validation. They do need external validation. We need internal and external validation. We need both. It's not like you can exist and you're just doing this great art. I mean, you can if you just want to do your art for yourself, and and you got a grandmother, and all she does is knit, and she she does these paint by number things, okay, yeah, you can definitely do that. You can do that, but but you're not relevant. You're not chasing. Re- you know what? Relevant.
1: This reminds me. You're doing your art. You're, you're doing. it. This reminds me of that Woody Allen film what? called Vicky Cristina Barcelona, and it's one of my favorite right? scenes. Javier Bardem is in the movie, and he has a yes. father who's a poet. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, a great and scene. This fucking yes. guy man he's so funny the 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 he, he doesn't really talk the father doesn't really talk so he speaks on his behalf and he goes oh he's a poet scarlett johansson i think asks him so can i hear one of his poems like oh no he writes his poems but he's never shown them to anybody because he believes that the world isn't ready for his poems so uh, tell me why why won't your father publish his poems
2: well because oh, he hates the world and that's his way of getting back at them, to create beautiful works and then to deny them to the public, which I think it's oh my God. Hmm. Well, What makes him
1: so angry toward the human race?
2: Because after thousands of years of civilization, they still haven't learned to love.
1: Pop culture is telling you that there are people like this exist. Whether it's a satire, on some snooty, snobby, maybe wealthy artists that don't need the relevance. But for the most part, man, this has been a topic of conversation that I've always felt has been so confusing to me because I don't know whether internal validation is enough, Mike. I've tried to do the internal validation and when somebody doesn't acknowledge the great work that I do, I try to go, yeah, it's, it's fine. But you know what? I'm half telling the truth.
2: That's my point. That's right. You are only half telling the truth. Yeah, of course. If you're satisfied with a piece of art you've done and you love it and you think it's great, unless the rest of the world says it's a piece of crap now, you know what? You may still be satisfied and you're still happy, but it would be nice if people liked it. There are a lot of filmmakers who make movies that don't do well. Right. But they still like the film that they did. I've interviewed you know, Francis Ford Coppola, was making these movies with his wine money, and, and nobody was going to see him, but he was happy with the result. He made a film called Tetra, and I remember it, the
1: Ford movie Ford didn't Coppola make any money. Francis really need to be relevant after making The Godfather? Because every time you mention what is the greatest movie in, in the world, it's The Godfather.
2: I actually interviewed Francis Ford Coppola and asked him this question. Get out of here. And I used the example of Rod Serling, who is someone who, at a young age, became super relevant, did his best work, and was never able to repeat it. And he had to live the hell of of living in the shadow of his former
1: achievements. So Rod Serling, the host of The Twilight Zone.
2: The host and creator of The Twilight Zone. So, and that's kind of like a well-known thing, that he, he struggled with trying to be relevant again, like he did night gallery and whatnot no no success ever matched the twilight zone so if you do that like in your like early 30s what do you do the rest of your life
1: right well that's like a young actor that hit it big when he was young like macaulay culkin and then cannot regain that same relevance but then mike you have to ask yourself what are the consequences of that
2: about the consequences. One of the things that you you mentioned here, in, in, and we've talked about the cost, but mental health.
1: That to me is the biggest thing, Mike.
2: That's the biggest thing. And, and I just wanted to bring in a few stats here. It said 45% of people spend over three hours on social media daily, which they said research leads to heightened anxiety, yeah. depression, and sleep disorders. They said it's teenage girls who spend three or more hours a day on social media have a 26% increased risk of developing depression. It says 91% of 16 to 24 year olds use social media. So if 91% of our youth are doing something that potentially will make them depressed and they're all chasing this relevance, what's the future going to look like, Jack? Oh
1: <laughs> it's scary <laughs> because we know that chasing relevance is good good for you because of opportunities, because of money. Let's just say it, man. Money, money, money. It's all about capitalism. You are a commodification. Where's that quote that you sent me the other day? That was perfect.
2: I got it right here. Yeah, this is a quote from Jillian Ingram. This was on Twitter. It says here, the problem with capitalism is that if you aren't born into wealth, your only capital is your labor. So automatically your human body is now a commodity that you must sell. And if you can't sell it for enough, you won't be able to care for it and you will lose your capital.
1: That just demoralized the heck out of me because it was so well articulated. We don't have another resort, Mike. If you're in this industry and you love making art, you cannot do it on your own. You have to go impress the producer, the business manager, the agent. is something that we cannot escape unless you decide to quit the industry. And Mike, that's not a choice for some people who love their art, who are really good at what they do, but then they don't have a million followers and they're not willing to destroy their integrity by whoring themselves
2: out. Well, it's interesting because you use a very specific term there, and this is part of the conflict, I think, specifically for the artist, and but not just the artist. You said whoring themselves out. Very often, if an artist becomes successful, people will accuse that artist of selling out. Mm. Oh, they were good, but they sold out. Have they sold out because they're successful? Have they sold out because they're trying to stay relevant? Have they sold out because what they're saying doesn't have the same importance what about envy what about envy a hundred percent that that is exactly what i'm saying but
1: the person's just chasing what they believe will give them the best option to survive and to create and design the life that they've always imagined and dreamed Ah, of having. ah,
2: They chase the relevance so they can have a better life. better life. That's the lure of it. Right,
1: and it's funny because you're saying a better life, and actually that reminds me of the movie A Better Life with the Bichita about the immigrants assimilating to America. If you look at the immigrants that come into this country, the whole word assimilation could be relevant. It's the idea of belonging to something Because you have a better shot at having a better life. If people accept you, if people accept you, they support you. If people accept you, they push you. If people accept you, they give you resources that you never thought possible to create the dreams that you always had as a child. So. This vilification sometimes of chasing relevance, I initially thought it was a bad thing because chasing relevance is also demanding external validation. And dude, external validation has become something to me very personal. I don't want to depend solely on external validation, which I did for years, and then I wised up. Now I think I understand that external validation is necessary. It's essential this idea that it's bad somebody created that narrative but if you talk to psychologists all of these research studies tell you that they both create like a harmonic concert where the violin needs to go with the piano and the drums need to go with the bass here and and to create a pleasant sound so if you do internal and external at the same time then you take the badness out of it, the ugliness of searching for some external validation. External validation is not that bad.
2: I'll add to what you're saying about immigrants. And you talked about being respected uh, and acknowledged, and you have to reframe that. That's why those workers that we dismissed had to be reframed as essential to make them right. relevant. Right. Oh, so to acknowledge right. just how relevant... They were yeah, th- th- in this, our this lives. This is
1: fascinating because... That's
2: what COVID chose us. They
1: have always been relevant, but we exactly not give them the spotlight on screen. Egg- and exactly. And we only feel and that things are relevant and real and valuable only if we see it in the media or entertainment.
2: If society tells us this. Now, one more thing, just to add to you talking about relevance and, and, and the shift and the reframing. During this uh, strike one of the things that's happened with streaming for instance is that you never get to see the credits now you either credits they're like by the time the credits pop up they go in a small screen they're better to show you the next thing so those people those they're so irrelevant now those credits are irrelevant they were they were more or less irrelevant to most people at least people would leave it on while they're talking after the movie but now you don't even have that choice but then during the strike all of a sudden All those people behind the scenes, craft services. I was getting people like, hey, do you want to talk to the people behind the scenes of all the scenes? So all of a sudden, they're relevant because you couldn't get those actors.
1: So in insidious ways, the media itself has created an industry of irrelevance and relevance. And they choose who should be relevant and irrelevant. The question then is, Mike, what do we do about this? Because at some point, if you just can't hang, if you're just lost in how to be relevant, there is something to say about the comforts of irrelevancy, like authenticity and just being you. One of the things that I have felt and during this conversation is just, it hits me harder now, more pronounced now more than ever. I think that relevance should come from within. Your relevance is your work. I think we all have the potential to create work that defines us outside of ourselves. The Apollo Theater, it doesn't have to promote itself. It's the Apollo.
2: I 100% agree with what you're saying, but I also have to to fold into it that What's needed is a sense of personal relevance and finding it from your purpose. So whether it is to build a great building or you are someone who wants to be a teacher and or a lecturer and you want to give TED talks and you want to change people's lives, you want to be a motivator. Well, whether you're Tony Robbins or whoever, finding that personal relevance, and that's what really makes you relevant. And so if you redefine relevance more from your actions towards a purpose, then I think that is how you will find true relevance.
1: Well, that's it for this episode of Brown and Black. If you would like to support this podcast, please subscribe and leave a review. Your help will allow us to be heard by many more people. You can follow our comments and opinions on at Brown Black Podcast on X, formerly known as Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. We'll see you on the next episode of Brown and Black.
0: go to shopify.com/sonoro to take your business to the next level today. shopify.com/sonoro